Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. Morning. It is morning, right? Okay. You, you know, sometimes you, you uh, go and preach and you get up in the evening, you say good morning to everybody, and of course everybody realizes it's not morning, except for you. So sometimes I just like to ask just to make sure that I'm on the right page there. And so it is great to be here this morning to be in church with you folks. So I'll be standing. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to start reading there at verse 1. Yeah, I listen for the page rustling to kind of slow down, and then I have a pretty good idea that everybody's there. Uh, yeah, well, some people you hear you quit hearing the squeaks, you know. But uh, the uh, I, I figure one of these days someone's going to get wise to what I'm doing. They're just going to sit back here for about 20 minutes and just <laughs> shake their pages in their Bible like ha ha ha. So. All right, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began... To be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just want to thank you. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to be here today and just this opportunity to be in your house. And I pray that your spirit would come and it would speak to us, Lord. Lord, right where we're at, what we're going through, the place that we're at in our life, Lord, I ask that you would just touch us and speak to our needs. And, and Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, you would use me this morning. Lord, that uh, nothing that I say, nothing that I do would, uh, would be my will or my thoughts, Lord, but um, would be what you would have me to do. We ask and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read this again, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to, to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? 
if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. This morning, I want to talk to you about a great salvation. That's what it is. It's a great salvation. You know, um, we use a lot of terms for it, but I think it's a really fitting term to call it a great salvation because that's what it is. It's not common. It's not ordinary. It's not run-of-the-mill, but it is a great salvation. But now there are those of you who are here this morning who are probably thinking, well, what's so great about it? I mean, you, you just tell me it's great, but really, what's so great about this salvation? The first thing is, is that it is a complete salvation. Amen. It's not a partial salvation. It's not a little salvation. It is a complete salvation. Now, what's the difference between partial salvation or complete salvation? Because, you know, I'm calling it a complete salvation, but do we really understand what that means? To be a complete salvation. Well, to be a complete salvation is to not just save you from the trial or the thing today, but to be something that continually is at work in your life. See, when Christ comes into our life and saves us, He forgives us of our unrighteousness. The blood that He shed on Calvary washes us and cleanses us of those things in our past that have brought us into a position where we are at odds with God. We are enemies of God. The uncleanness in our soul has separated us from Him, and it is the salvation that is brought to us through the blood of Jesus Christ, through His atoning sacrifice that He made for us on the cross that justifies us and cleanses us from our sins. And that's fantastic, isn't it? But that's only part of salvation. Because when I got saved and the Lord cleansed me from my unrighteousness, that was fantastic. All the things that I had done in my past, that's great. But I still have some life to live. So what about tomorrow? You know, there are a lot of people who the reason that they are not a Christian is because of that very question. What about tomorrow? What am I going to do the next day? I come up and I pray and I ask God to forgive me. He forgives me. But you know, just as soon as I step out the door, I'm going to mess all this thing up. You know, just as soon as, as, as I go to work, I'm going to mess this whole thing up. I'm going to do the wrong thing. And it's going to be bad. I'm going to be right back at square one. But what you have to understand is 
is this is a complete salvation. Amen. That's what it is. It's not just that He is able to cleanse you from the sin of your past, but He is able, and I want to read you a scripture from the book of Jude, Jude chapter 1. Now, this is the end of Jude's epistle, the end of Jude's letter. And I want you to hear what he says. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I'm going to read more, but I want that to sink in for a second. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. It is a complete salvation. Because not only does the power of God cleanse us from our sins, but the power of the Holy Spirit living in our life is able to keep us. Well, that's a great place to say amen, folks. That's a fantastic place to say amen. The transforming power of Christ at work in our life is able to keep us. The scripture tells us that, you know, little children, I would that you would err not, but if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. You ain't on your own. An advocate, a person who works on your behalf, someone who is there. Listen, as you're going through life, Yes, He saved you. He's cleansed you by His blood. But as you go through life, He is working for you on your behalf to see that you make it there. You are not on your own. You don't receive the salvation of Christ and walk out there and, well, let's see how He does. That is not a complete salvation. You need to understand that. You're not on your own. You don't walk out of this church having received Christ as your Savior. Oh, he's on his own. Let's see how he does. That's not the case. It's not the case. Well, what if I mess up? What if... You, you didn't listen to a word I just said. There's a very good chance that you're going to mess up. But he's able to keep you. He's able to deliver you. He's your advocate. Man, that's a great word. Isn't that fantastic to have an advocate? You know, I can tell you this. That I haven't had a whole lot of people in my life that have really, I could say, really was just pulling on my behalf. Well, now I've had people who've really been pulling for me, but I've never had a person who, who just, man, they spent their day working as my advocate. That's, what, that's just what they did. That, that, was, that was kind of their job. 
when things were going on, they were, they were looking out for my best interest. You know that? Whenever something happened, well, they was right there just to see that, hey, I want to make sure that Aaron's interest in this is taken care of. But you know what? I have an advocate with God the Father, the creator of the universe. The guy who formed the world, who, who brought existence into existence. Now, you think about that. He's the one who brought existence into existence. That guy who designed, created everything that we see, I've got his son, Jesus Christ, who died for my sin, who's sitting there at the right hand of God, and he is my advocate before the Father. When things are going on, he said, but there's Aaron down there. Let's don't forget about Aaron, because Aaron needs to make it. Aaron has put his trust in you, and whatever happens, I want to see that this trial that he's going through won't destroy him. I want to make sure that this, this, uh, this situation that he's facing today won't be his last before Jesus died he was speaking to Peter Peter had said oh Lord you know everybody else they'll walk away they'll deny you but but I won't well Jesus knew what was going to happen you know what he told Peter he looked at Peter and said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you. That he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. That your faith wouldn't fail. And when, when you've come back, when you've returned, when you've repented, when, when everything's right, that you would strengthen your brothers. He has, he has an interest in seeing that you make it. He's your advocate. He's looking out for you. It is a complete salvation. It's not just concerned with the sins of your past. But he wants to be involved in your future. And everything that is to come. It's a complete salvation. And, you know, I think about completeness and, and you know, we, we talk often uh, when, when people get married, you know, that we exchange rings and, you know, the circle is, wow, it's eternal, it's complete, it's full, you know, it, it goes all the way around. And, and we get the idea of completeness in that regard, but I want you to understand that it is a full salvation. It's not just complete, but it's full In 1 Peter, speaking of, of the Christian, he says uh, of us who, who are kept by the power of God. It's 1 Peter chapter 1. Who are kept by the power of God through faith and to salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen to this. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and glory and honor at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. Whom having not seen, ye love. And whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, 
ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. It's a full salvation. Peter describes it as, as joy unspeakable and full of glory. Isn't that, a, isn't that a great description? Now, I don't know about you folks. Because I, I don't walk in your shoes. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I do wonder sometimes. I know that what I got is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because I've experienced an unspeakable joy and the fullness of His glory. I un- Amen? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've, you've been when the Spirit comes down and you experience God in His fullness. You're an excited bunch. Now, to those of you who are sitting here, you're like, I might have, I might have experienced that maybe. Well, that one time I might have. Let me tell you, if you might have done it, you ain't done it. <laughs> it's just one of them things. When you've been there, when you've done that, you know you did it. Pardon my southern Ohio speak here, but that's the truth. If you've, if you've experienced the fullness of Christ, when you have, when you have uh, set under the spout, so to speak, as the glory was fallen, you know that you've been there. And I'll be honest with you, there ain't a, we're getting in an age and a day in this church, in our churches today, where there ain't a lot of people who've experienced that. Well, that's a lot of the trouble that we have today. People don't have a real experience in this thing. They've never really felt the Holy Spirit move in their life. They don't know what it is to have the glory fall. They don't know. When we talk about the fire of the Holy Spirit, they have no clue what you're talking about. They think you're some kind of crazy kook. They do. They've never seen it, experienced it, or felt it. But I want you to know that it's out there. It's a real thing. And you can experience, and you can feel it, and you can know it to be true, and you can know it to be real. Holy Spirit, come on you. You start doing things that you never figured you'd do before. Yeah, amen. You get in a situation where... You ain't got no business standing, and all of a sudden the peace of God comes over you. A trial comes so hot that there ain't no way you ought to be able to make it through. All of a sudden the peace of the Holy Spirit, uh, the fullness of God comes over your life, and, and you, just, you just start walking. You just go right on, you just breeze right on through that like it ain't no thing. Because you know the fullness of God. You've experienced the fullness of God. You're getting the idea. You understanding what I'm talking about? Amen. 
But here's the problem. We got people sitting in our churches who've, who've not experienced the fullness of this salvation. It's a full salvation. I would this morning that some people would get hungry. I'm going to tell you a little something. You're going to think I am crazy. I'm serious. You're going to think I'm crazy. This has been a few years back. I was pastoring over at Fairview, and and, uh, I got up and I preached a sermon. The Lord had laid it on my heart, and I was preaching about Daniel. And... uh, how the Daniel wouldn't partake of the king's meat, you know, and he he went uh, and he's like, you know, just give us pulse and water, and we 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 don't want any of this other stuff, and just just wait, just come back in in ten days and and see see how it looks, see see what we're like, see if we're not better than everybody else, see if God's not provided for us, and they did that, and and it was the case, and I challenged the church for ten days. I said for the next ten days, here's what I want you to do. I just just cut out. Anything that's getting between you and God. And whenever you would, you would be, you know, if it's TV, if it's this, if it's that, you just cut it out. And if that is the thing that, that's between you and God, you just get rid of it. And in that time, just replace that with something that it, it encourages you spiritually. And I challenged. I challenged the church. And, and I remember... You know, during that time, I, you know, I'd been praying. I'm like, God, you know, I believe that that this thing is is deeper. You know, there's so much, so many things that I re- read about in Your Word that I've just never experienced. I've heard people talk about them, but I don't know. Maybe they're crazy. And, and I, I prayed. And I was like, Lord, but I've, I, you know, I've read about things. You know, the the visions and things that I I've never had a vision. You really give people visions, Lord. Now, I told you you guys are going to think I'm kooky and crazy. Here it comes. Seven days. Seven days into this process. The next Sunday, I left church. I'm driving down 32. We get about to Diva Road. And I'm just sitting there, driving down the road. Reagan's asleep. Mackenzie's asleep. I'm sitting there driving down the road. And the next thing, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the road, just driving. Next thing I know, I'm not looking at the road anymore. It ain't the road anymore. I see this very indistinct-looking person. It, it, was, it, was, it was odd. I, I, there was no really identifiable features, but it was a person, who, I mean, it was just, it was down on their knees. They, had, they was down, and... Uh, I had a book in their hand, and they were down on their knees, and they had this book, and I could see, I, like I said, it wasn't distinguishable, wasn't a person I could identify, but I seen that they were crying. And there were tears that were falling off their face and onto this book. And I watched as that person, they, they, they knelt there and they cried. And then I seen them take that book and they lifted that book over their head. And as they lifted that book over their head, something began to pour out of the book all over them. And then I was back on Diva Road, or back on 32 by Diva Road. But it was a vision. 
And I knew that the Lord was telling me, He was speaking to me, if I would just pour myself into His Word. If I would fall on my face before Him and pour myself in His Word, that He would pour His Spirit out on me. And folks, I want you to understand that it is a full salvation. There are so many people who are going through this walk and they don't experience the fullness of Christ. They don't know what it means to have Him living inside of them. They're going through their day-to-day not being led by the Spirit, not experiencing what it is to have Him speaking to them on a daily basis. And you're missing out if that's you. You're walking through that trial and that situation without the leading and guiding of the Spirit. You're missing out on the fullness. You're missing out on something in your walk. I would that God would get some people hungry this morning. Some people sitting here would say, "Hmm, I wonder if there's something more that God's got for me. I wonder if there's something more that God's got for me and begin to seek Him out. That maybe they might go home this afternoon and and break open, blow off the dust off the cover and break open that Bible and begin to read in His Word. That maybe they go into their, their closet or into their bedroom and they would shut the door tight. And that they would kneel down and begin to pray, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Jesus. Hungry for the fullness of the Spirit. It's a complete salvation and it's a full salvation but I want you to know that it is an everlasting salvation. The scripture that we read in Peter, we kind of come into it partway through there, but the the, uh, starting of verse 3, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. There is an inheritance for you. Incorruptible, undefiled, That fadeth not away. It doesn't get old. It doesn't rust. It doesn't dwindle. There is an inheritance. Listen to me. I had a conversation with a a good friend, uh, a person who uh, known for a long time, and you know we had. I had this conversation, we was talking about their, the, this lady's husband, and, and when I grew up, they were uh, people who in the, went to, I went to church with, and, and people who were very active in the church. As a young kid, um, a young man, people who I very much looked up to, and 
I noticed last night that her husband wasn't there, and I asked, you know, hey, where is such and such? I um, don't want to use any names, to, but uh, I said, well, he only comes on Sunday mornings, which, which totally surprised me. Um, and some of you are like, oh, what's the big deal with that? And, and I'm not even going to get into that, because that's not what this, this message is about. But he only comes on Sunday mornings. I'm like, well, what's going on? Well, you know, he's, uh, he's just got some things going on, and, and he, he's, he gets frustrated with, with people in church and, and uh, you know, and this and that. And, and, you know, she was just, and we had a 15, 20-minute conversation about some of the things that have happened in their life and things that were going on. And, and I sit there, and I listen. I turned to her. I said, it sounds like he's got his eyes off the prize. Sounds like he's got his eyes off the prize. Because there is an inheritance for you and I. Yes, there is struggle. <laughs> I, I had a conversation with, with a lady this week and uh, uh, a very confused person. Uh, spiritually, I mean, just all over the place, uh, mixing up different pagan ways of worship and the Bible and, and just kind of jumbling them all up together and had, I mean, really way out in left field. And, and I was talking to her this week and I you know, mentioned church and, and her perception of what church is, is it, it's, about, uh, it's about business. What church, the church teaches is about business and, you know, Abundance and all that stuff. It's about business and, and being successful. And, and, of course, you know, we had the conversation. I did my best to really set it right. But, but that, that, I've just thought about that all week. <laughs> it ain't about abundance. It ain't about being successful. And she, she said, well, you know, uh, you know, some people think it's about suffering and, and all this. It ain't about suffering. Sometimes you suffer. Sometimes things are abundant. It's true. Sometimes there's abundance. Sometimes there's little. Sometimes you have to go through suffering. Some people will go through more suffering than others. Some people will experience more abundant than others. But what I want you to know is it's not about either one of those things. about the life you live in the middle of suffering and in the middle of abundance knowing that there is an end a result to your salvation there is a finish line to what we do in this life an inheritance that doesn't fade away, that's incorruptible, that's unchangeable, that is undefiled, that is reserved in heaven for you. And I want you to know this morning 
That it doesn't matter what you experience in this life, whether it is suffering or whether it is abundance, whether it is highs, whether it is lows, it is not worthy to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed in you. It's not worthy to be compared to the inheritance that waits us at the end of this life. Whatever you're living for now, if it ain't living for Christ, you're living for the wrong thing. Amen. If you're living for a job, you're living for money, you'll never find happiness. Amen. There's a situation that I'm somewhat familiar with, a family who, who from the outside would seem like they have it all, but yet internally there's so much strife and problems. Dear people, good people. But yet they've fallen into this cycle of needing and wanting more but never being satisfied. This morning, if you're chasing after anything but Christ, if you're living for anything but Jesus, you'll never find peace, you'll never find satisfaction. You'll never find what you're looking for. Money, security, they don't amount to anything. If those are the things that are important to you in your life, then you're a very incomplete person. See, there's a great salvation. There's a great salvation. I'm getting ready to wrap up here. Boy, I about hit her just right. It is 11.55. How about that? Yes, thank you. You guys are real proud of me, ain't you? 11.55. That's because you guys gave me some extra time this morning. Hebrews chapter... Two, it says this. This is where we started. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just and recompense reward, how Shall we be saved if we neglect so great a salvation? There is a great salvation this morning for you. Amen. And it is the only way that you can be saved. Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stockdale underscore UCC.